My name is Alex Kashuta, and this is the Subversive Podcast. It's an excuse for me to talk to some of the most interesting people on the heterodox to heretic spectrum. Everyone from iconoclast philosophers to rogue scientists to real post-BuzzFeed journalists and our true intellectual elite, Twitter anonymous accounts. In short, they're quite subversive. Enjoy. Today I'm joined by Indian Bronson. He is the first return guest on the show, uh, a prolific poster, anonymous account, um, a friend, and um, someone that I'm very glad to welcome back on the show. Hey, Indian. Hey, Alex. Uh, you know, glad to be back. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy to have you back um, because last time we kind of just started opening uh, Pandora's box of all sorts of red pills, black pills, you know, assortment uh, of different pills um, that you specialize in. And one particular area that I want to talk to you about um, that you've uh, expounded on in on different uh, tweet threads uh, is uh, the desexual revolution and uh, also kind of the coming counter-revolution at least it feels like there's there's something's boiling and it's um i don't know we're we're pushing a precipice at least it feels like that to me maybe it's just because i'm getting older but uh yeah what's uh what's your what's your vibe on that yeah uh you know it is it is basically because people are getting older you know the world the world over um everyone is kind of on like a five to ten year time delay from from american culture and even internally in the u.s you know uh, you know, New York City had had a culture that would only percolate out into the Midwest, you know, on a on a five to 10 year time delay. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if someone was born between the years of like 1988 and, uh, and 1992, you know, they're part of this huge wave uh, in the U.S. of, of millennial culture. Um, you know, we became demographically the most descendant. We now outnumber the baby boomers. Uh, you know, it's just this, this is like, this is the modal millennial population. You know, the childhood was, uh, was Arthur and magic school bus and Dunkaroos. And, you know, uh, the, the zoomers don't even know, you know, you show them what a floppy drive is and they don't, you know, they have no idea. Um, and, uh, and, and that generation in many ways got, uh, proselytized to by the boomers and, uh, and sort of early gen Xers, um, in a way that, uh, is impossible to do now. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in every, in every zombie movie, uh, there's, in most zombie movies, there's this moment of uh, just total disbelief. Someone's like, what is this thing? You know, they, they see this thing shuffling towards them. It looks like a person. They try and talk to it. Uh, and then it, you know, it eats them or whatever. That isn't going to happen in the real world because we've all seen the zombie movie. <laughs> you know, like we've all, we've all seen the zombie movies. We know that we're supposed to shoot them in the head. And, uh, you know, Zoomers, um, or at least, you know, younger millennials, people, people who, who, you know, they haven't, they haven't quite reached the, uh, the jaded uh, elderly perspective of, <laughs> of people in their early 30s. But you know they've 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 seen it all now, like right? They've they, they're aware of they're aware of this this uh, you know the, the culture and its effects. Um, and and the other thing too is that like you know as as you well know as a as a as a young wife as a young mother, um, 
you know, there, there are things that you can do in life and, and modes of life that seem appropriate when you're like 21, uh, that when you're in your late 20s or your early 30s or just, you know, why was I doing that, right? And, you know, those, those two things combined, um, as well as, you know, we can get into it, you know, fertility issues, uh, the, the, the prospects of marriage for men and women. Uh, these things, I think, are going to create a kind of a boomerang of, of a lot of the norms of sexual culture, a lot of the norms of, of marriage culture and, uh, and the gender relations between men and women. Uh, and they'll just, they'll just get, it'll, the drumbeat will get stronger and stronger and stronger as time goes on. Yeah, my my fear is that people tend to not um, take the appropriate lesson from from all of this stuff because I see a lot of you know a lot of people complaining about hookup culture and things like that on TikTok and uh, and usually the conclusion is that you know it's it's the patriarchy again through some convoluted way it's it's somehow you know it's still kind of being boxed into the same old you know men versus women um, fight. Um, and it's just, it's so dissonant because it's, it's, it's definitely not the patriarchy. It's, it's, it's a, it's a problem, at least in my opinion, it's a problem within the, the individualist frame itself. Um, you know, it's, it's a transactional view of, of relationships. And, you know, if you can't break out of that, um, it's just, uh, yeah, it just makes it incomprehensible. You really can't, you, you can't fix the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, so so default friend, um, you know, whom, whom we both know, she has this amazing thread, <clears throat> and she's just been adding to it, you know, for for months now. Uh, I think maybe actually for over a year. I'll I'll have to go check, and uh, and she she has been chronicling uh, online culture. I mean, that's what that's what she does. She's a chronicler of online culture, um, and uh, you know, she she noticed this trend of these young women on TikTok being like. Hey, can we talk about how uh, you know sex positivity was used to just like <laughs> get us to do things we didn't want to do? And uh, and that's totally right. That's exactly what was happening. Um, you know, all of this weird empowerment stuff. Uh, you know, which which I would say is just sort of you know it's like late stage uh, <laughs> late 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 stage sexual revolution. Um, you know, it was it was used in a in a way to sort of to get women to do things that they didn't want to do. Uh, you know, discomfort and uh, you know a, a sort of nagging feeling that that one is being too available, that one is you know betraying one's one's own continence. Uh, this was written off as prudery. Uh, you know, being repressed, internalizing repression, all of this stuff. Uh, and you know, what was it all for, really? Um, you know, that that awareness is starting to grow, but. Uh, one thing that I have noticed is, is you're right. People are saying, well, oh, this was, this was a, I, I saw this brilliant tweet. It was like, uh, you know, convincing women to, uh, to let men use their bodies was the greatest psyop uh, the patriarchy had ever pulled off. And it's, uh, you know, no, uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the patriarchy, you know, there's, the, you know, there, there are countries where the patriarchy is still in effect and, uh, you know, women are locked up at home, they're covered in burqas, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's very much the opposite of, of what we've had. Um, but I, but I think young women are correct in that this is in some sense, uh, a male benefiting, uh, or at least some men, uh, this is a male benefiting, uh, situation that they're in where, uh, you know, they are expected to be sexually available regardless of whether they want to be or not. Yeah. I think the, the, the main problem here is that from a, from a liberal feminist perspective, 
the solution is absolutely invisible because the 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 presupposition there is that we are equal and we're equal in, in like very profound ways and you know men are interchangeable with women so um why shouldn't women enjoy their sexual liberation and you know why shouldn't they be finally in in joining the ranks of men who allegedly have been enjoying these freedoms for you know since time immemorial um but it it doesn't pan out that way and my feeling is that because you know it, this is a big lie uh, in the sense that men are not equal to women in terms of, you know, on, on, they're not on equal footing in, in the sexual realm and they never will be. And as long as women don't really accept the fact that they are different, uh, it's going to have kind of disastrous results at the end of the line. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, a, a lot of liberalism is like this. It's like, uh, you know, you take some, some paradigm of difference, you take some, uh, uh, you, you take some sphere of life in which people are constrained and you say, well, not anymore, right? Uh, and, and the thing is, those constraints, you know, we, we still talk about them as constraints. We talk about them as limitations. We talk about getting rid of them as, as liberation. You know, a, a better way, a better framing for this is uh, the removal of guardrails, is the, is the explosion of certainties. Uh, it's, it's the destruction of of guideposts. Uh, we're really, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to avoid saying Chesterton's fences, but, you know, we're, re we're really actually just like tearing down uh, the, the kind of footholds that we use to navigate life. Uh, we're not, we're not really becoming free, we're becoming lost. And yeah, this has been, this has been tread through, you know, every, every critique of liberalism is essentially this critique. Uh, but with the sexual revolution, you know, this, this is how we produce new people. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's not as simple as like, hey, yeah, you can, you can buy and sell everything, you know, uh, and, and yet it intersects with all of those domains for that reason, right? It intersects with political domains. It intersects with, with uh, you know, foreign policy. Uh, you know, the, the, Greek, the Greek word oikonomos uh, famously translates to, well, what's that got to do with, uh, with what I do in my bedroom? Uh, you know, this is, it's, it's, really, it's really how, how humans uh, organize their lives. Um, you know, they organize their lives around family. They, they, you know, all of our soldiers, these are, these are people who were born to someone, right? Um, these are people produced by marriages. These are people who, you know, sometimes enlist for the sake of having money to provide for their families. Uh, you know, and so it's, it's hard really to, it's hard to separate the sexual issue from a critique of the rest of liberalism. Uh, and I, I feel like it just hasn't been gored enough. It hasn't been, um, uh, you know, critiqued enough. And, you know, it's really a central thing. Uh, I'm not saying if we solved it, you know, we would solve a lot of other things. But, you know, many people sublimate problems um, in their own lives. I'm not I'm not saying everyone with dyed blue hair uh, is crazy, but, you know, a lot of women, if they just had a normal family life, would not have these uh, sort of crazy political commitments. Um, you, know, and, you know, first of all, they'd be too busy. <laughs> you know, they'd, they'd, have, they'd have too much to do, right? You know, I mean, like, you know, run, running, running a young household is uh, it's no mean feat. Um, but then secondly, you know, and M Mary Harrington has talked about this uh, unheard uh, you know, author Mary Harrington, moving in circles on Twitter, you know, nothing will explode your, your presuppositions of a blank slate than having more than one kid. 
uh, you'll just see two different human beings from a very early age developing these, these personalities and these inclinations. Um, it's very obvious that these are not, uh, you know, empty vessels or something. These are, these are people. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, just materially, obviously, I would like for, for more people to have more children, but, uh, you know, there, there are ancillary benefits too um, to, to what politics would be. Yeah, I think you you make a really good point there that, you know, at, at the root of everything is a long, um, long due uh, critique of liberalism. And I think a lot more people are starting to do it, but I feel like it's still at it's at, at the beginning because um, it's just so it's the water we swim in. People really can see liberalism. Whenever I, you know, post something about liberalism, there's at least five people in the comments saying, oh, you surely do you don't mean classical liberalism. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah, and it's uh, you I think uh, I think it was in a group chat, but I think you, you mentioned you, you had like a very good condensation of, um, you know, the fact that, you know, you said liberalism uh, is is alive and conservatism doesn't exist or something like that, or like liberalism is real and conservatism is, yeah, is false. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing that I, it's, I, I tried beating everyone over the head with it. Uh, you included, it, it, you know, liberalism is an actual politics. Uh, it's an actual political orientation. And, and, and what we think of as, as conservatism, uh, this is like a, this is like a pimple on the ass of the elephant. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it's set up as this kind of dialectic, um, and it really isn't. Uh, there, there really isn't a, a framework that conservatives have to oppose liberalism. And you see this kind of acutely in, in the sexual revolution. You know, if I, were to, if I were to survey all Christians in the United States today, all people who, you know, and, you know let's drill down into uh, go to church every Sunday, uh, I self-identify as Christians, you know, maybe even aware uh, you know, a crucifix or something, you know, just the, the, the universe of American Christians who are unmistakably Christian. If I were to ask all of them, uh, do you think it's, do you think it's uh, immoral uh, to have sex before marriage? Very few of them, uh, I suspect, would say that it is truly immoral. Very, very few. Whereas if you ask their grandparents, <laughs> right, or even, you know, frankly, maybe even some, some of their parents' generation, you know, people who were in their 50s and 60s, their, their parents were, were from a different generation, uh, they, would, they would say yes. Uh, you know, there was this, this flip that got switched. Um, uh, that's, that's a bad joke. There was a switch that got flipped, you know, in, and we, we, we moved from, you know, we moved from something that Heather McDonald, uh, in writing for City Journal, Heather McDonald, Manhattan Institute, uh, I forget her Twitter handle, people can Google it. Uh, you know, we, we, we moved from the sexual default of no to a sexual default of yes. And that has kind of exploded uh, all of these elaborate uh, rituals and, and gender relations and, you know, protective, protective measures that civilizations tend to erect for, for not just men, but, you know, but women as well that keep them from doing things that would interfere ultimately with them being happy. Uh, and we've, we've exploited all of those and it was done for the sake essentially of liberating people and conservatives don't really have a way to argue against it because their own orientation is that more personal freedom is a good thing. Uh, and that's not really true. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, 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 you know, I mean, you know, what is, what is obesity? 
you know, what is diabetes? Uh, this is the personal freedom of eating too much. Uh, you know, people, people can say what they want about the seed oils and, and, and the microplastics. Uh, but even that, you know, uh, even that is, is too much personal freedom, too much corporate freedom in, in what goes into food and, and what is allowed to be sold. And, you know, at a very fundamental level, you know, what does it really mean to have sexual freedom? With whom will we be sexually free? Uh, we have no obligations to other people. We have no obligations to family. That's really what's being said. And, and you know, to even talk about it as freedom, I think is just to surrender to a liberal framing, framing which, is, which is basically what conservatives do. Uh, so it's, you know, it's not, it's not a real political orientation. It's, it's only ever, it's only ever a, a mild critique at best. Yeah, there there is no real philosophical position for conservatism, except for maybe Chesterton's fence. But, you know, even that is very hard to uh, you, you only see the fence once it's down, you know, you only can kind of look back and say, oh, that was maybe an important fence. But then by that time, you're already kind of fighting the new the new uh, the new battles that that liberalism drags onto your your doorstep so you can, you know, be five years behind and everyone could hate you. Um It's uh, it's it's really crazy. Like um, I I remember I think extra dead JCB on on Twitter had a had a really good uh, position on on why you know why religions get captured by by wokeism or whatever the liberalism the liberalism of of the day. Uh, he said that um, uh, pol politics is essentially just religion uh, the, the religion that people actually believe in. Um, and I think, you know, he said that that's the case even for Mormonism, which, you know, is kind of like a, a bit of a city on the hill for uh, conservative types saying, okay, yeah, they, their, um, their fertility rates are still, are still okay, but apparently that's eroding too. So, um, even if even the religious people believe in, in liberalism more than, than their own religions, their own professed creeds, you know, you know, they're, they're too squeamish to say that, you know, premarital sex is, is a bad thing. Um, is there, is there any break on this thing? <laughs> It seems to be pretty adorable. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 you know, the final break, uh, you know, the actual, the actual, not hard stop, but the, you know, the actual natural check is that, um, you know, social mores can, can change pretty rapidly. Uh, human biology does not. Um, and, you know, human inclinations do not, uh, you know, so, so Rolf, uh, what's his name? Let's see what his name is. Rolf, uh, Rolf de Gen, uh, you know, he's a, he's a, a professor, professor of psychology and, and neuroscience. Uh, you know, he, so he, he, he posts pretty interesting stuff. Uh, basically a lot of preprints, a lot of, a lot of abstracts. And uh, they're, they're often concerned with sort of, uh, you know, less than, less than politically correct features of, of, of human inclination. Uh, you know, what people are really doing when they're lying, uh, you know, what, what people find attractive, you know, these, these, these things that kind of reveal a, a sort of self-interested nature to, uh, to humanity that are pretty carefully studied uh, and, and published in peer-reviewed journals. And he, he had a tweet recently, uh, you know, the male attraction to, I mean, this is going to sound so gross, uh, the male attraction to nubile traits in females, Ugh, I shudder. Uh, may reflect an evolved strategy to safeguard successful first pregnancy. And, you know, I mean, the abstract says, basically, we, we, took, we took, you know, million, like two million births uh, from, from U.S. records, and we looked at the outcome of those women who were aged 16 to 20 years. Uh, I, disav I disavow all of the 16 and 17-year-old women uh, who were giving birth. 
uh, with, with people who were aged 21 to 25. And essentially, women who became pregnant in that first group, they were the most likely to survive childbirth and, and deliver an infant who lived. You know, what, is, what does this say about a society where the, the average age of marriage and, and childbirth is now, you know, above 30? Uh, not good things. <laughs> you know, not, 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 not good things. Um, you know, women, women will, will know this, uh, you know, once they, once they cross the age of 30 and beyond. Uh, men are, you know, I mean, we're dogs. Uh, you show us a pretty 21-year-old. It uh, doesn't matter how old we are. Uh, we're guys, <laughs> you know, it's just this is how it is. Well, why is that how it is? You know, what is it, you know, what, why is this inclination found cross-culturally? You know, if you find something in different groups of people separated by circumstance, separated by culture, separated by time, uh, it's probably not their cultural conditioning. It's probably something related to the biology. It's probably something related to, to the evolutionary pressures we face, which means it's, it's part of who we are. Um, and maybe we can overcome that, but we should, we should ask about why it's who we are. Um, yeah. And here, there's just, a, there's just a direct material consequence for children, ultimately, right? This isn't really about the, the attraction of men for women. This isn't really about the validation of, of female attractiveness. This is really about producing healthy offspring, right? And that's a much more serious conversation than uh, how come guys want to date younger women? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Men, it's, it's fine. It's fine. You know, I, I too like younger women, but really, you know, that's our biology being like your children should live. <laughs> you know? it's, yeah. just, it's, it's, it's a much more, you know, Hey, uh, I, I agree. You know, whenever people bring up this whole thing that, you know, men like younger women and, you know, start screeching about it, it's like, you know, what, what do you like and what's your biologically coded to like, like I mean, I'm, I'm biologically coded to like, you know, a, a billionaire step warrior with like, you know, who's like seven foot tall and it's got a hairy chest and, you know, just growls, you know, for, <laughs> I don't know, whenever he wants to talk to me. Okay, that's, you know, that's probably the highest point of, you know, mental stimulation for, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm a bit weird about that, but it's kind of like the hyper masculine no, I, ideal. I, I, I think, I think that's, I think that's pretty common. Yeah, but it's, the you know, it's like the Harlequin romance type guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the, I, 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 there are mixed reviews uh, of the hairy chests. Um, yeah, know, nowadays, it's, it's nowadays, <laughs> it's nowadays, fallen into yeah, those, those, those of us with swarthy, swarthy genetics, <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a tough scene out here. Um, yeah, you know, and, it, it, and so, you know, embracing that rather than, and, and again, I, I have no idea why anyone from the age of 16, uh, you know, frankly, you know, who, who knows why those women were mothers? I can't, I can't imagine why, um, you know, it, it, it's not that we should reorient our entire society overnight to have these very like, you know, antediluvian, uh, you know, 15 year olds getting married <laughs> and like, you know, and then dancing around a maypole or something. Um, but, you know, the, the societies that were organized in that way, uh, you know, they built things like the Colosseum. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, 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 they produced things like the Renaissance. And uh, it, it's, it's not that we, we have to explode you know, everything that we've, that we've changed about modern society. You know, I can, I can think of many things that liberalism and the enlightenment have delivered that I like quite a lot. Uh, you know, antibiotics have, have certainly played a role in, uh, you know, enabling promiscuity. Uh, I'm, I, I don't think we should take away 
<laughs> you know, I don't think we should take away modern medicine. Uh, it's it's good that if someone gets a cut, they don't die of of gangrene uh, often. Uh, but you know, we we should seriously evaluate these these chemical and social and 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 religious technologies that we've introduced or that we've taken away because uh, the machine doesn't really work anymore. You know, the real the hard stop uh, before before I got sidetracked. It's not really a hard stop, but it's you know. We, we have the largest proportion of unmarried women uh, in their late 20s and early 30s than ever before. Um, and actually even some in their, in their 40s. Uh, there was a, an author in the Manosphere who was my favorite because he wasn't a pickup artist. He was, he was a married, I, he still is. I don't, know, I don't know if he's alive or not, but he stopped writing, which is a shame. Uh, you know, he was a, a married Christian economist and you know, father of four. And, uh, you know, so he, he didn't approach any manosphere stuff in terms of, uh, you know, just getting laid all the time. Uh, he wasn't a Roosh. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't a, a, you know, Chateau Hartiste character or something. Um, they, they have since, you know, Roosh has since had this, you know, amazing transformation has come to God. But, you know, this, this guy was always writing from the perspective of, of marriage being a good thing and family being a good thing. And, uh, you know, what, what he would notice is that uh, if you look at the American community survey data for what he would call never married persons, uh, this is to say people who are, you know, and this is, this is a reporting thing. This isn't like cohabitation. This isn't committed relationship. Marriage is, that's census status, right? If we have good data on that. Uh, about 90% of non-Hispanic white women who attain the age of 45 uh, are married at least once which is to say if you plot the number of, of women in this category who were never married, uh, you get something like 10 to 12% over time. And this is stable across decades, right? Um, and if you, if you would include other races, you would just get you know, the same sort of, hey, the curve is the same, but the y-intercept is different, you know, that, that whole thing. So it's just, it's just easier to use non-Hispanic white women. There's still the majority of women uh, for now in the United States. Yeah, the thing is, though, the curves for never married women in all of the other age brackets, uh, you know, 10 years from now, all of the women who are in their 30s will be women in their 40s if they, if they live to be 40. All of the women who are in their 40s 10 years ago were women in their 30s. Yeah, the curve for never married non-Hispanic white women and all women in general uh, who haven't been married has just been sharply increasing uh, since the advent of the sexual revolution. And, you know, what does this imply for, you know, the never married's population of 30 year olds being so high. Well, what it implies is that they're going to have to settle and settle really hard for this remarkable stability of being married at least once by 45. And, you know, 90% of a population, uh, that's a lot. <laughs> you know, you, like, you, you know, the 10% the, the or so of women who aren't married by 45 over decades and decades and decades you know, this is, you're getting into the, you're getting into the jail population, you're getting into physical deformities, you're getting into mental retardation, drug addicts, uh, you know, this is, you know, these are really, these are, these are women in a bad place. Um, if you had told someone in the 1950s that something like 45% of women or whatever, you know, between the ages of 25 and 35 would be unmarried, I mean, they would have been shocked, uh, you know, as late as 1980 the mean age of marriage for women was 22. Uh, 1980 was not, for, I mean, you know, we know people who were born in 1980, they're walking around, you know, and it wasn't so long ago. There's, there's music and, and movies that we consume from that era. Uh, it was not some weird, uh, you know, burqa covered uh, hellscape. Uh, 
uh, and yet people married very early. We have taken all of that away. And, you know, ultimately women do want to marry. There's, there's a kind of cope in the manosphere that says, well, women don't want to get married. Women don't want to have kids. They hate children, blah, blah, blah. It's not quite true. Um, you know, as, as Dal Rock would put it, uh, and he's, he's criminally underread, uh, women don't want to waste more than one day of courtship than is necessary. This is, this is kind of the mating paradigm that they've been given, which is like, you know, uh, there's, there's that woman who wrote the book Lean In. I'm forgetting her name. Uh, but she had this very, uh, <laughs> she had this very gross uh, piece of advice for women, which is like, look, date, date all of these men, you know, date, date the bad boys, date the boys who are bad at commitment, uh, but don't marry them. Marry a man who wants to do chores in the house. First of all, uh, I don't think women want men who do lots of chores in the house. They might say that they do. The research, the research shows otherwise. Uh, the, the, the divorce rates are higher. Um, you know, it's not a good scene. Secondly, like, you know, this is not exactly a great prize for men where it's like, wow, she's, she's dated all of these guys who didn't marry her. I guess she's a great pick. <laughs> you know, uh, you know that's, that's not really what's going through men's, men's minds when they, when they hear a checkered sexual history. Uh, we're thinking something else. Um, and yet women do want to get married. They do want to have kids. Uh, you know, any, you know, we, we often see this with puppies, but it's true with babies. You just show you just show young women puppies and babies. Uh, I mean, the cooing starts. I mean, it's just, it's adorable, right? Um, it's really hard to have children for for most women, uh, beginning in their thirties, and it gets even harder in their forties. Uh, it's almost impossible. Uh, you know, the the fertility curves, the realized fertility curves for for women just don't look very good after those ages. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all in favor of the, the three-month courtship, the two-month engagement, uh, you know, the shotgun wedding. But even still, um, you know, to, to get married and have children, uh, to have multiple children, to space them out, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is icy, thin, icy uh, ground that people are standing on over, over just that this is deep lake <laughs> of the rest of their lives. And, uh, you know, you know we, we, we've gotten into this position and, and women are trying to get out. I think that's what's going on is that, you know, a lot of women are, are, are reaching this period um, in a large demographic wave. We spoke, you know, I spoke maybe a little bit too long earlier about, about this, this large cohort of millennials. A lot of them are now entering their 30s and they're starting to think about the rest of their lives. And, you know, I, you know, I get the impression that women are looking around and they're not seeing that many men who are serious about marriage. Um, the kinds of men that they dated in the past are not really so keen to commit to them. They're either dating younger or they're, they're still just dating, you know, different women in no hurry to marry. And then a lot of other kinds of men, uh, you know, they, they are also not so keen to marry. Uh, you know, they've either, they've either picked up, you know, manosphere literature or, or you know, God forbid, incel literature, uh, you know, they're around. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they, they too now have these kind of, I'll, I'll just say it, misogynist, uh, kind of woman-hating, uh, sort of pathetic, but, uh, but not pointless, uh, you know, views. And uh, very few men are really just around to get married to. Um, and uh, this, is, this is a tough situation if you want to have a baby, because again, you know, given, given our culture and, and given, given our uh, social commitments, 
to just to, I mean to just be a single mother <laughs> to be an unwed single mother uh, it's not exact I mean that's not a sign of success uh, you really I mean you have to be you have to be pretty far up on the corporate ladder before people are like wow what an ice queen uh, you know in all other circumstances uh, that's not what it looks like um, so I think that's why this this kind of rebound is happening uh, my pessimism on it is that I I don't see uh, I don't see a way out um, you know I, I, I don't see a good way out for, you know, frankly, you know, I mean, it sounds brutal to say, but like, you know, women who are single and in their 30s are competing with women who are single and in their 20s for all men who are single and in their 30s. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know, you know, 20 year old women are probably not so socially accessible to 35 year old men, um, but 25 year old women are, 26 year old women are. 27-year-old women are. So women who are 30, 31, 32, you know, they've got, they've got a, a large group of other women that they are now competing with in a way that, you know, just would not have happened in decades prior. And there's no manual for how to deal with this. Uh, there's no social guidance on, on what the norms and expectations of marriage look like because we threw all of those out. Um, and I don't see market clearing happening anytime soon. Uh, the other side of this uh, is that you know, men have also kind of eroded in the intervening years. Another feature of our sexual revolution uh, is that men have started to work and to earn like women. Uh, increasing numbers of men, not, not all men, you know, not certainly not the men who, uh, who listen to this podcast are very online. We're obviously all, uh, you know, twice over exited millionaire tech bros, uh, billionaires even, you know, sure. Uh, you know, a lot of men have just basically given up work. Um, you know, the male labor participation rate, again, for the different races, it's, you know, it's the shape of the curve is the same. It's just translated up and down, uh, has increased over and over and over. Uh, each decade, more and more men are just sort of dropping out of the workforce. And, uh, you know, those, those numbers are, are getting so severe that uh, you know, Dalrock, and, and I'll, I'll post these links on Twitter or something, or I'll, I'll, I'll make a, I'll make a Substack post of them. You know, a lot of men don't actually have uh, any earnings to speak of by the time they're hitting their 30s. They don't really have a financial cushion. They have no way to buy a home. They have no way to provide for children. Uh, and they really haven't been so serious about their careers. Uh, they're kind of losers, frankly. And you know, <laughs> if you if you subtract them away from the dating population, uh, which women should, I, I I encourage women to not get married. You know, don't uh, you know, don't don't take, don't get me the wrong way. I'm not saying marry broke losers. Uh, please do not. Um, but what I am saying is that that proportion of of men who are broke losers has has skyrocketed. Uh, it's it's just a large portion of men now who are completely unfit for being husbands and and even more so for being fathers. Um, it's it, it's looking pretty grim. It's looking pretty grim. Uh, and I think this, this catastrophe that we're going to have of just, you know, unmarried people just sliding into their 30s and into their 40s and into their 50s, uh, not having children, not getting married. Um, these people will be kind of an object lesson to the younger generations. Everyone will be able to see this social politics that results from this. And it's not going to be very pretty. Yeah, and it, it feels like there's a lot of um, 
kind of vicious cycles and it's kind of embedded in this, you know, like the, the weaker the men get, the more women need to compensate in terms of, you know, showing up in a more masculine way, kind of protecting themselves uh, and then maybe overcompensating to, you know, kind of tur turn up the masculinity to, to, to match. And I feel like um, that's, that's kind of, it's more kind of an energy thing. Like I feel like a lot of women have to take on that role where they, you know, they have to show up as a masculine presence for themselves because there is no such thing in their life. Um, and that I feel like fuels the, the extreme politics on, on the left as well, because it's, it's a, there's a resentment in all of it. You know, the fact that these men don't show up, you know, where, where have all the good men gone? Um, the fact that you feel, you know, living in a, in a tiny apartment somewhere in a big city, you know, surrounded by, you know, Rising levels of urban crime. Uh, let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of like uh, having an underlying feeling of being scared out of your mind continuously, and having to kind of just be showing up for yourself. Um, maybe. Yeah. Having yeah. Seen... I think I, I think it was Gloria Steinem who said something like, uh, "You know, we're become we're becoming the men we wanted to date, or uh, you know, we're becoming the men we wanted to marry." Uh, you know, in in some sense, that's empowering. Um, uh, I, I don't think it's so empowering, though. <laughs> you know, I'm not not gonna I'm not gonna wait into the trans debate, but uh, I don't I don't think I don't think most uh, let's say cis hetero uh, young women are actually so stoked about living a life that uh, you know a, li a life pattern that is really suited for young men. Um, you know, I mean, there there are a lot of things that men and women are good at. Uh, but, you know, just wor working someone for, for many hours and making them put up with shit all the time and, uh, you know, forcing them to compete with other people. Uh, you know, these, these are things that uh, on average women don't enjoy so much, uh, but a lot of men do enjoy. Um, and, uh, you know, typically what this means is that husbands work really hard <laughs> in their careers, uh, you know, because it's you know, competing with other guys. You're making more money than them. You have a scoreboard. It's, it's exciting. It's fun. Uh, it's not really the way women approach things. Um, most women, some women do, but, uh, but not most women. And, uh, you know, this, this kind of natural inclination of, of the sexes is now, you know, women, women really are being uh, shouldered with a lot of just a lot of bullshit that, uh, you know, frankly, doesn't suit them very much uh, that they don't they don't particularly like. Um, but it becomes obvious why, you know, corporate America wants to have lots of client women, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just sort of going along and getting along. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very it's an inhuman desire. Uh, you know, no, no parents really want this for their kids. But, uh, you know, publicly traded corporations, they do want this for their their it their depends. employees. Uh, it depends. Like, you know, if you if you were raised by boomers, yeah, your mother, that's what she wanted for you, because maybe right, she didn't right. experience that. She doesn't know exactly what it is to be churned through the corporate ladder, you know, to to live. And maybe it's also kind of because a lot of the boomer women didn't actually get to live out their fantasy like 100 percent. They were still kind of still you know, surrounded by, by cushion of, of, of patriarchy and, and things were just a bit different. You know, there was still a sense of rebellion in doing these things, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that, that's true. There's a, there's an article in the Atlantic. I'm, I'm trying to remember the author uh, where this woman broke up with, with a partner of 11 years and, uh, and then she hit the age of, of 39. She was just looking around and being like, Oh my God, what have I done? You know, she she talked about her her boomer aged mom 
in a very interesting way. You know, when she was a kid, her mother encouraged her to, to be sexually explorative, to, you know, strike out on her own and do all of that. But she notes in the article, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. We're going to do it. We're going to do a, uh, you know, Jamie, can you pull that up? <laughs> um, you know, she notes in the article that her mother had actually only slept with one person and that was her dad. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was her, that was her, her married father, um, you know, had lived a very traditional life script uh, as was, you know, as was, as was typical of most people born in the baby boom. You know, most people born after World War II who grew up in the 50s uh, did not really have, you know, crazy sex in the city style lives. But she encouraged her daughter, uh, firmly a member of Gen X, to do these things, to live this way. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think parents can sometimes want, uh, particularly boomer parents or early Gen X parents, I think, I think parents can sometimes want things for their kids that really are a desire for things that they wanted. Um, I'm, I'm thinking back to lots of piano lessons, uh, <laughs> you know, but like, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a false desire. Um, you know, you see this, uh, you see this in some millennial discourse around, around children and around, uh, you know, frankly, getting married. It's like, you know, we, we, we had, uh, you know, at least, at least the cohort of millennials who were raised, you know, we got kind of a mixed message about, about work about relationships, about all of this from, from a, a different cohort of parents who, you know, ultimately what they wanted is grandkids. Ultimately what they wanted is, uh, is people buying homes. They wanted, they wanted a normal fulfillment of life. What they offered millennials was very different. And, uh, you know, that, that zombie movie of human relations now having played out, uh, I don't think Zoomers are going to make the same mistakes. I don't think they will be uh, so gullible or so naive um, as to just think that, you know, all of this stuff is really workable, uh, that it really, uh, you know, is a good map for life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's also kind of like for, for, for um, kind of boomer women, it's, it's, you know, the, the internalizing of a lot of messages and, and also, you know, a lot of them had failed relationships and it's the idea that you know you're going to protect your daughter from from the the fallout of a failed relationship because you know you you know at least that's the message i got it was like okay you don't ever want to depend on a man you know you have to make your own money you know be independent go go to work you know be a high flying whatever uh and then you will reach the situation that i was not in where i was dependent on a man but it's you know the the problem there was the quality of the relationship rather than you know the 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 idea of dependence um yeah it's uh it's 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 a very you know because there, there was another i think there's another tiktok video that was making the rounds on uh uh on twitter recently where this girl was kind of you know the only way she found to have compassion for herself or you know in in um in being part of the of, of hookup culture and you know being constantly rejected by guys she wanted to have relationships with um, was to kind of, you know, go do inner child work or something. And she kind of realized that she identified with her, with the child. Yeah, that, like, that, that, that like particular that. video. Yeah. So that, so that tweet has been deleted. Um, and, uh, the, the person on TikTok, I think they've also, I, I found their TikTok, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why I found their TikTok. Um, so I, I looked up, I looked up their TikTok. They had a lot of other videos too. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of those other videos, uh, you know, so 
I, I, I got to say, um, par for the course from what I've seen from young women on TikTok, uh, which is to say, uh, it's like it's borderline porn. Uh, it's very, you know, it's just like, you know, no, no one would ever, no one would ever uh, uh, do this in front of an audience. I, I, and if they did, they would be called a stripper. Um, you know, this the same girl, you know, the, the, the video itself was 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 I mean, I thought it was heartbreaking. You know, she was looking at this small child, these pictures of herself. And she was saying, you know, what would I want for this person? Do I really think this person deserves uh, disposable relationships, deserves to be used and discarded and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, this is kind of what fathers think about their children. <laughs> you know, this is like, you know, this is like the perspective of a dad uh, seeing some guy show up to take his daughter out on a date. And like, you know, yeah, she's 17, but he's thinking about like this little child that he carried home from the hospital. And he's like, no, <laughs> absolutely not young woman. You know, uh, that's, you know, she's, she's basically providing the, the perspective of a concerned parent uh, looking at a child. That is, that's what that TikTok video is. Um, but I looked at the other videos on her TikTok. And, uh, you know, this, this woman, she has, uh, she has a lot of tattoos but she hasn't always had a lot of tattoos. And some of the tattoos that are on her, uh, let's say uh, lower stomach, uh, higher pubis uh, area, um, you know, she's getting these tattoos and a commenter said something like, you know, women, and I, I, I have this video up on, on my Twitter. I, all, all of this stuff, I'm just gonna show my Substack. Uh, there's a Substack post coming. You should come, you should come read the Substack. You should subscribe to the Substack. Uh, you know, this, this video, a commenter said something like, hey, you know, men don't really like women who have a lot of tattoos. This was a comment that was left on her TikTok. She responds in a video just saying, no, no, thank you. I don't believe this. No, whatever. You know, she's, she's getting a message delivered, maybe not in the most politic way, uh, although it's true. We, we don't like women that have a lot of tattoos, or at least we don't, we don't think of them uh, typically as being uh, very, very worthwhile women to have families with. Uh, and she she rejected it out of turn. Um, and the rest of the videos on on her TikTok, when I last looked, she may have deleted them. She may have deleted the TikTok. Who knows? Uh, you know, they, they they're kind of like the stripper video of of TikToks. This is this is a pretty typical thing. Uh, I think Paul Scalis, uh, you know, our beloved Lindy man, uh, he, he blocked <laughs> me. I don't know what's going on with Paul Scalis. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. You know, the the, the, Scal the Scalis block is a mark of uh, it's a mark of esteem as well. The Scalis follow and the Scalis block are uh, uh, easy, easy come, easy go. Um, you know, he uh, he he downloaded TikTok too to look at this phenomenon. He was just like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, these, what what are these women doing? It's just it's just tits out. It's just asses shaking. It's yeah, I mean, it's crazy, right? And and so it's, 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 I gotta say, sometimes it's a little weird because it's like, how old is this girl really? Uh, why is this legal? Uh, you know, yeah. are the cops gonna come? You know, it's, it's, it gets, it gets weird fast. Um, yeah, it's, it's probably and, my, my most sexist, my most in a way misogynist take that I have is that I don't think young women by far have the amount of agency that is ascribed to them. Like, I really don't think that, you know, women, know what they're doing on the internet at that age even even older they i i really don't think so and I, and and the thing is like a lot of these girls are really susceptible and um you know the, uh, there's a lot of messages like you said this this is one message where you know a guy told her the truth but underneath that you know was like maybe 10 you know post only fans messages you know where 
the guys yeah. uh, said that you know they do like her tattoos enough <laughs> to pay her five dollars a month to, to see yeah it. i mean you know it's just it's you know that's you know i i think i think dave Chappelle had the observation uh you know the the, the, the pussy market is imploding uh you know the the, the value the value is just it's dropped it's dropped to a near floor yeah you know, normalize oh girls <laughs> that's not what you want you don't understand economics <laughs> it, at all it, 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 exactly and and you know the agency question you know this is an interesting one you know in the same breath that, uh, you know, I think a lot of women are going to start saying, look, we were lied to, uh, the patriarchy did this, uh, you know, the subtext being, please marry us, uh, you know, forgive our, give, forgive our histories, um, which is not going to happen. Um, it's just, it, it'll happen in some cases, but it's just, it's, you know, it's already not happening. Uh, men, are, men are already not so keen uh, to, to marry women with high body counts. Um, you know, there's something else going on. It isn't really it isn't really that women are just these like venal, uh, wanton creatures who uh, who knowingly spend their teens and their twenties being sluts, and then are like, okay, now we trick the men into marriage. Uh, that's that's not really true either, right? Like this is again when when we see these things happening uh, cross culturally over and over and over again, uh, there's actually really something in, in biology that's going on. Uh, you know, so there's a Wall Street Journal article from years ago probably like 2011 2010 i have it bookmarked this is this is all stuff you know i mean yeah, if you listen to this episode and you hear me go through the argument uh still subscribe to the Substack anyway uh it'll be much you know it's, it's, it's good stuff uh and this this article is entitled why do we let them dress like that you know women women of a liberated generation wrestle with their eager to grow up daughters um and there's there's a, you know the paragraph goes like this in the pale turquoise ladies' room, they congregate in front of the mirror, reapplying mascara and lip gloss, brushing their hair, straightening pantyhose and gossiping. This one is skanky, or that one is really cute, and so forth. Dressed in mini dresses, perilously high heels, glittery dangling earrings, their eyes heavily shadowed in black pearl and jade, they look like a flock of tropical birds. A few minutes later, they return to the dance floor where they shake everything they've got under the party lights. But for the most part, there isn't all that much to shake. This particular group of partygoers consists of 12 and 13 year olds. Along with their male counterparts, they're celebrating the bat mitzvah of a classmate in a cushy East Coast suburb. Th this was, I mean, so first of all, this was in the Wall Street Journal, uh, don't call the cops. Uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, secondly, you know, there, there's a, you know, I mean, the, the, the author of this has just made, um, has just made an analogy to tropical birds. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the biology of this uh, is, is being overlooked, right? Um, you know, when we, when we talk about how young men behave or what young men are doing or, you know, this and that and the other thing, uh, no one makes an argument to say that, uh, you know, young men's fixation with porn from an early age or, uh, you know, young men getting in fights, that these are you know, social constructions. It was, it was a, a, you know, a psyop against them or something. No, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I remember being a 14-year-old boy. Uh, I was very interested in women. Uh, it wasn't a psyop. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a problem sometimes, uh, you know, you know in, in between classes, in, in long, perilous hallways uh, where you don't have books, uh, you know, to carry. It's, you know, th these things, these things are related ultimately to the, to the, the biology of men and women. And, you know, 
part of the fetters that we impose on young men and young women, uh, these are really to protect them from themselves uh, because they don't actually have that much agency. They don't have that much control. Uh, and, you know, pardon, pardon, pardon the, uh, the, the joke I made. You know, that we, we don't have that much control over biology when, when we're developing, when we're you know, going through this, this flood of hormones and, and changes to our biology. We, we, we really just don't have that much agency. And we kind of need other people to exercise agency for us. Um, and if we don't, I mean, terrible dis decisions, you know, in quotes are made over and over and over again. I think um, for, for, if I could just interrupt you a second there, like, uh, I think that the, my hesitance to, to say, okay, this, these are comparable situations with young men and young women is that, you know, a 15 year old boy, if he, if he is unfettered, you know, can do X amount of damage to himself with porn. But a 15-year-old mm. girl, unfettered, can do massive amounts of damage to herself with actual right. men in the real world who will, yes. in a heartbeat, yes. you know, do whatever yes. she wants or doesn't want to her. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 just a, it's just such an unlevel playing field. Like, the second a woman hits yeah, puberty, yeah. all the lights are exactly. on her. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and, you know, the, the, the asymmetry of that situation... Uh, is why typically, again, cross-culturally, you see, you see more restrictions put on women uh, <laughs> than, than you see put on men. And, you know, it, it's, it's partly an R versus K thing. You know, women, women produce the big gametes. They have the longer pregnancies. Uh, you know, they bear, the, I mean, they, first of all, they have the pregnancies. <laughs> you know, they're actually bearing the costs. You know, there's this, there's this hugely split cost. And, and then secondly, you know, on the part of men, you know, men's, men's fertility graphs also decline over time, right? You know, 60-year-old uh, men are not nearly as virile as 20-year-old men. Um, but 40-year-old men aren't that much less virile than 20-year-old men, you know? And, and so this, this, this fundamental difference between the sexes, you know, has historically meant that there are much more, there's much more in the way of social and interpersonal safeguards erected around women than around men. And, you know, to treat them as equals from such an early age when, you know, both of these, these two genders are really relying on other people to exercise agency for them, but women in particular, uh, I mean, this is not the patriarchy. Uh, this is not, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, it's, is, it's not. this is not, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's something very different. And, yeah. you know, it, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, please, please. No, I'm I'm just thinking, you know, because we were talking about liberals and before and, you know, who is the, the ultimate liberal subject it's kind of the the the, the pinnacle of autonomy because that's essentially what liberalism offers you it offers you autonomy you know to the max and autonomy affects women and men especially in the presence of other women and other men in different ways like the man who is ultimately autonomous you know the the peak autonomous man is you know the uh um, the, you know, the captain of industry, the step warrior, you know, he's, he gains the, the peak autonomous woman is potentially a, a street, you know, a streetwalker or someone like that, you know, someone who's, you know, autonomy it's... affects, you know, if you win at the autonomy game as a woman, you're not winning that much. Um, it, it's not like, you know, self-fulfillment does not lie that way most of the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know uh, you know the, the traditional the, the traditional dress uh, you know for men in in Rome was the toga, and uh, and for women was this this thing called the stola. It looks a little bit like a sari, um, 
you know, over time, uh, <laughs> a practice emerged where, you know, women wearing a toga, I mean, they were just, they were prostitutes. I mean, it was like, it was like a uniform. Uh, you know, Dave, Dave Chappelle has this tremendous bit uh, where he says, you know, just because I'm dressed that way, it uh, doesn't mean you should treat me in a certain way. And he, you know, he's like, fellas, that's true. Just because a woman is dressed in a certain way doesn't give you the right to, to treat her any way you want. Uh, but women, you have to understand, <laughs> this is confusing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, if I walked around in a police uniform and someone flagged me down for help, I couldn't be like, how dare you ask me to help, you know? Uh, and, and, you know, to, 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 give, to give women this level of autonomy, and, and really they were given this level of autonomy, right? It was, it was a legal process in many countries to say, okay, you don't have the right to vote, we will give you the right to vote. You don't have the right to a divorce, we will give you the right to divorce. It was, it was a conferral of rights. Um, you know, this was done by, uh, you know, a male society that basically didn't believe in itself. Uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not at this moment explicitly advocating for taking away uh, <laughs> women's, women's right to vote, although maybe, uh, you know, it's, it, but it's like, you know, what, what kind of male society does this? Why do they do this? Um, if you, if you, if you read about the American history um, around conferring the right to vote, uh, you know, the, the guy who cast, uh, you know, the, a record-breaking vote in one instance his own mother just lobbied for him to do this. Uh, she sent him a letter at the last minute and said, you know, be a good boy, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, be, be, be a suffragette like me. And like, you know, I, I, I love my mom. My mom is great. My mom is the greatest mom in the world, in fact. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that <laughs> a letter like that would, would persuade me to change my mind about every, uh, about every decision I want to make. Uh, but it changed this guy's decision about about a vote he was going to make, and um, you know maybe maybe it's a good thing that that women have the vote. Maybe it's a, a good thing that men have the vote. Frankly, for that matter, um, the, the the grounds on which these these decisions were made, you know, they they were not made by societies that had really strong confidence in the leadership abilities of men. Um, they, they, that's just, you know, if, if you, if you fundamentally think the franchise needs to be expanded, uh, you know, there's the overt explanation and there's the covert one. The overt one is just, you know, Hey, the more people who have a say in governance, you know, the better everything is because, you know, uh, consent of the government and all that. The covert explanation is more that like, Hey, we can't trust our leaders. <laughs> you know, our leaders actually don't know what they're doing. We need to inform them. That's really, I mean, that's, that's, that's the, that's really the justification. And, um, you know, not, not every sphere of life is so heady as, uh, as the U.S. Senate. Some spheres of life are more like, uh, do we want to buy this couch? <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know the, the, the discussion of do we want to buy this couch, uh, you know, it's very different from uh, I am not going to buy this couch uh, or, or I bought you a couch. It's, it's, my, it's miles away from, honey, I, I look at this thing that I bought you to, uh, you know, is this a thing that we want to do? Uh, you know, one one of them is is kind of a more patriarchal, uh, traditional household, and the other one is this. I mean, it's uh, it's a millennial couple that enjoys IPAs, um, and uh, and that that distance, that difference, is one that I think is reparable. It's just not immediately reparable. Yeah, I think you know, it's it's one of those uh, those situations where you know there there's obviously a lot gained, um, and there's also 
a fear of you know of you know power corrupts and i think you know that's that's a um, that's a legitimate fear for for women you know because i i personally i've i've kind of been through you know the the life of the millennial i'm married now i trust my husband uh you know i i feel like our relationship is rock solid you know i from from my position at the moment you know i don't i don't necessarily need to you know be uh the the, the force of agency but i can see like for, for example a perspective like you know my mom's who's had like a tougher time who's kind of had the the boomer journey of life you know that this could be you know the the, the delegating agency to the male could just sounds absolutely disastrous you know sounds like it's impossible and it also kind of reflects back onto you know what is the quality of the male you know maybe in in the current circumstance uh with the male mm -hmm. stock that we have now as we've discussed before it might not necessarily be a good idea to delegate that much agency and also this, this, <laughs> yeah yeah this turns into a, a critique of democracy in general, which is like another, you know, huge Pandora's box that I don't know if we want to open it right now, but, you know, like who should be voting? Yeah, there's the, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, look, you know, uh, you know, what, what, why, why should we submit to our husbands? What if our husbands suck? Um, that's that's actually it's, it's 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 an important thing because these are the kinds of questions that uh, women should be asking about men before they get involved with them. Uh, you know, so I've, I've been to a flurry of weddings, uh, both Christian and Hindu, uh, and, you know, just sort of like nominally Christian. Um, and repeatedly at the, at the Christian weddings, there's a reading of, of uh, this, this thing. I think it's, uh, it's the, the, the epistle to the Ephesians, um, I think from, from the apostle Paul. And uh, it's like, you know, wives submit to your husbands uh, as you do the Lord, right? And the, you know, the husband is the leader of the wife. And, uh, you know, just as a man is subject to the church, women are subject uh, to, you know, to their wives. And it's like, husbands, love your wives. <laughs> and, you know, you can, you, can, you can feel in the pews when this is read, uh, you know, you can feel when it says, you know, wives submit to your husbands, <laughs> you know, like, like all of the, I mean, and these, these are people I know, these are people I've known for years, you can feel the hackles raise on all of these young women, they're like, Ugh, <laughs> Ugh, why would I want to do that, you know, and uh, you can, you can, I mean, you can just look around, you can see the smirking on, on young men's faces, but, you know, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, there's an underlying truth to this, and it's like, you know, let's say, let's say the, the sole criterion for getting married is something like, uh, are you ready to submit your decision-making capacities to this man, right? There are a bunch of questions that should, should, should come up, you know, uh, is this guy, <laughs> is, is this guy going to start beating me up? Uh, is this guy stupid? Uh, does, he, does he make bad decisions? You know, uh, what, what, you know, is he, is he a cad? Is he a, a cat? Cat is a weird word. Is, you know, is he, to see this, uh, you know, uh, you know, villainous uh, charlatan who womanizes a lot. Um, these are all great questions. <laughs> these, are, these are all exactly, these are the questions that women should have of some dude who's being like, hey, can I get your number? You know, like she should be thinking about, you know, look at this guy. What is, what, what's his deal? Uh, does this guy suck or not? Right. And those are not the questions that we've encouraged women to ask. We've, we've encouraged women to yeah, frankly, to not ask uh, too many questions at all. Uh, and, and, you know, really, if, if you want to empower women, you should be empowering them to, to have this sort of, you know, uh, this, this, uh, there's, there's a, a feature of, of Hindu royal weddings called the Swayamvara, where, where all of these, uh, you know, all of these royal suitors 
show up to ask the king for for the the prince, princess's uh, hand in marriage and you know they, they basically just have like feats of strength <laughs> that they're supposed to do they're, you know, they're supposed to draw a very heavy bow and like lift oxen and you know whatever um and this woman is just sitting there and she's like nah next whatever <laughs> no no good you know it's like this sort of this this deeply evaluative thing where uh you know uh, you know, her, her dad is there too, but, you know, she's just, you know, her, her job is basically to turn most of these losers away because uh, they're just, they're not good enough. And that's a very, I mean, that's like completely the opposite. Sheryl Sandberg, that's who it was, uh, Facebook woman. Uh, it's, it's like the complete opposite of, yeah, date and get involved with all of these guys and, and marry sometime later. Um, you know, just be maximally available to them. And, and that, that inversion, I think, has basically broken the West. It's, 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 obviously destroyed the fertility you know no i think i think israel is the only the only like highly developed oecd country at this point that has replacement rate fertility and that's because of the haredi um you know who live a very traditional not liberated lifestyle um you know everywhere else people are they're failing to reproduce themselves uh you know it's it's it's, it's an inhuman thing um and uh, I, I'm very optimistic for the reintroduction uh, or the, the reformulation of a lot of these mores in the younger generations, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not so optimistic for millennials. Um, and I think, I think, you know, over the next decade or so, you know, I think Pew in its polling, uh, you know, said something like 25% of millennials will just never marry. Uh, that's, I mean, it's cr that's a crazy number. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a bad shit and say 20, 25%, you know, it's, it's, it's been like 5% or 10% before 25% never marrying is, is a lot. Um, you know, and, and, you know, certainly there will be women who do the IVF thing. There will be men who do the IVF thing. Uh, you know, surrogacy is a thing now. Um, but a lot of those people will just become childless in their forties and their fifties. And, uh, some people are suited to that. It's mostly men. <laughs> it's 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 mostly men who who live interesting, rich lives without children in their forties, fifties, and sixties. Uh, it's mostly not women, and so yeah, used to, um, used to. I'm not sure to, that that continues as a trend. Yeah. yeah, used to. I mean, there there are, there are a few. They're around, uh, but uh, you know now, childless year olds, uh, you know, forty year old men are, uh, you know, that's some something else is going on um and uh, yeah we're, we're gonna have to live with that social politics it's it's gonna be crazy uh you know the kind of kind of you know uh you know wacky uh older woman politics uh you know this is this has always been a marginal force it's going to be a dominant force in american politics um much much to our detriment i think yeah it feels like it's already a dominant force i mean older woman politics less so maybe like early middle-aged woman politics is is pretty you know the oh, pussy right, head well, politics. Right, right now yeah right now we're getting you know right now we're getting girl boss uh <laughs> we're, we're getting the we're getting the aoc girl boss politics right now we're getting we're getting just a taste of what um i'm just gonna keep ragging on women uh you know we're, we're getting a taste of what female-centric politics is like uh in in the u.s you know the the, the iron backbone uh you know the the spine of, of democratic organized politics in the u.s is just this flock of unmarried you know 20 30 something college educated white women uh if you go to dc you throw a stick you'll hit 10 of them and you know these these people have uh you know very very distinct commitments very distinct modes of life um fun to date for a little bit, 
<laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're the awfuls. They're the affluent, uh, you know, female, uh, you know, busybodies of, of our world. And, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're going to start getting older, <laughs> you know, you know, not, not all of them are going to have kids. And, uh, you know, you know, we, people, people joke about, uh, you know, Mama Merkel, uh, you know, adopting all of these refugees as her children and, you know, being mutti or whatever in, in German politics. Uh, that's just one, that's just one, <laughs> you know, that's just one older woman without kids. Uh, you know, what, what happens when you have 20 million of them? Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, it's, it's, it, you know, we've never encountered anything like this. There's no, there's no historical antecedent for it. Uh, it will be a completely new thing. And, uh, I, you and know, the funny I thing know. is no one, no one really expects it in the sense that everyone's, you know, everyone's kind of bought into this egalitarian idea and, you know, every voter is interchangeable. They're either Republican or Democrat or whatever that even means. And, you know, they're, it's, it's a neutral thing, but it's, it's going to take people by storm. I'm, I'm really curious what's going to, what's going to happen and what, you know, cause I feel like that this kind might lead to a schism. I feel like a lot of these women will have to wake up, you know, they're, they're not all blinded, but I think there's also going to be a lot of, um, doubling down as well. You know, there's a lot of sunk costs in this lifestyle and, um, I can imagine some people will, 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 you know, open up a, a big cauldron of resentment and, and, and do that. Uh, take that route. Um, but I also wanted to talk to you about uh, another strain of of politics that's going to go mainstream, or at least maybe maybe it's gone mainstream. Um, it's um, Uncle Yarv. Uncle Yarv has been uh, yeah, yes. he's popped up. Um, he's been on Tucker, which is he's been quite on Tucker. Thing. Uncle un Uncle <laughs> Uncle Yarv. Uncle Yarv was was talking at the table. Uh, you know, maybe delivering table talk uh, with with with, uh, with with Tucker Carlson. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I saw it. I was losing my mind. Uh, my my <laughs> sweet my sweet apolitical uh, parents asked me about uh, International Jew magazine, and uh, I oh, went no. out into the streets and I was howling like a madman. I was you know, I was tearing my hair and beating my chest. I was like, what what is going on? <laughs> you know what what Curtis? What have you done? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, the, the Uncle Yarv stuff, it feels like, uh, you know, there's this great meme of a car violently turning on an overpass where it's like, you know, the, the main highway sign is like a reasonable thing. And then the exit is like unreasonable thing. And it's just this car <laughs> just, just fucking, just, just fucking going off the ramp, right? At the last <laughs> second. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't think... I don't think that's what the Uncle Yarv notes have been. Uh, you know, for, for those who are longtime readers of Unqualified Reservations, um, you know, sexual politics, family politics, how people organize their lives, uh, this, this, has been, this has been a feature of, of, of UR. Um, you know, poetry has been a feature of UR. Uh, you know, I, I can think of a few that, that are my favorites uh, from, from the, uh, the, the Mencius Moldbug days uh, prior, prior to Grey Mirror. Um, you know, interpersonal relationships and, and how people govern their lives, uh, you know, as we said before, this, this thing, oikonomos, uh, you know, I should have the freedom to do what I want in my own bedroom. Uh, I think it's Greek for that. Uh, you know, it, it, it really, it, it, the extensive, the extensive, you know, politics in the West, the extent of, of how. Uh, humans get along with each other at an individual level. It's, it's, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, husband, wife, 
father, son, you know, these things. When these relationships start getting more and more abstract and more and more numerous, you need policy, right? You know, there are things that parents just know about their kids and can do for their kids without asking. Uh, it's not so easy once you have like 400 people and you got to, you know, uh you know you have to you have to send out the rsvps and be like what's what's your uh, you know what's your what's your dinner preference for the reception um you know structures of public policy are, are really kind of a way to sort of uh to, to recapture these relationships that we're very good at at a small scale um or it used to be good at at a small scale anyway um that we're not so good at at larger scales you know how do you how do you deal with this this band of monkeys uh who all have their own power drives and you know, their, their own proclivities and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Well, you have to, you have to sort of, you have to sort of enforce rules. Uh, that's, that's what politics is. Policy is what we do. Politics is why we do it. Um, and uh, so it's not, it's not really a, a sharp turn into a relationship blog as, as I, I see it as like just sort of a zooming in on, on, you know, just these unsatisfied, uh, but very strong drives between, a, you know, different, different groups of humans. Uh, I think I think the Uncle Yara stuff has been fantastic. Uh, it's been very funny. Uh, it's been very poignant. Um, I, I, I hope he continues. Uh, but you know, I think I think I think probably uh, we're we're going to get back to uh, to uh, to writing on governance now. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, in my my own much smaller but much more fun Substack, uh, I, I will I will also be delving into uh, into this stuff. Um, Do you think he'll find love? Via, via Substack. <laughs> I, I have, I have, you know, Club, Clubhouse and Substack and Twitter have turned into several dates uh, over over the past couple of weeks uh, in Miami uh, and in other cities. So uh, you know, it's 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 weird. Every app is kind of a dating app at this point. I I think it's I think it's inevitable. You know, you get people who are just diarying uh, constantly. They're just writing their hearts out on the internet. Uh, and people see it. People notice it. Um, yeah, your your internet misogyny has not gone unnoticed. <laughs> it 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 has not, and some women are into it. Uh, it's very it's very weird. Uh, it's it's the most bizarre thing in the world to go to a restaurant to to uh, go on a date with someone who is like, "Hey, I love this thing you said about women." It's just like, wow, that was uh, <laughs> I was I was being unhinged, <laughs> you know. Um, it's very unusual, uh, but it but it happens happens uh, happens kind of frequently. Um, yeah, I mean that's what that's what yeah. lured me onto onto Twitter the the exquisite misogyny of zero HP Lovecraft. That's uh, the story's oldest yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, so I, I I was on a I was on a date recently, and uh, you know we were we were talking about stuff, and uh, you know it was it was going well, and so I, I I I took my phone out and I was like, hey, do you know who this guy is? And it was just it was his his avatar, and her face just dropped, and she was like that guy hates women <laughs> you know, he, he hates women so much and uh, I was just like okay you know I can I can you know an eye roll uh, uh you know a laugh that would have been good but she I mean she was fuming so I was like okay well you know it's time, time red, red flag she doesn't appreciate uh, yeah well right. you know does does doesn't have a you know no sense of humor uh I mean some of his some of his posts are pretty pretty I mean I'll say you know I, I, even I don't go as far as he does, but, uh, yeah, but he's, yeah, he's I, a, he's a fiction writer. Like he's, he gets very poetic about it. You know, he kind of whips himself into a frenzy and writes these like epic threads. That yeah. Like, you, you and... have to, you, you, you have to be able to add your own salt 
you know, it's 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 one of those things where uh, the the cook is making the food, but uh, you know, you can season it however you want. And someone who doesn't realize that that's what they're supposed to be doing, um, you know, great girl. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, uh, not 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 uh, not one for 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 further involvement. Uh, nice girl though. Uh, if you're listening, uh, sorry, I'm being a dickhead. Uh, you were very pleasant. <laughs> um oh god <laughs> yeah oh boy i i hope not she might be maybe not i don't know, she, she, I might don't not, know. she might not she might not be following you maybe she won't see the post um yeah this doesn't you know, sound it's, like it's... she's following me <laughs> <laughs> uh you know there there are a lot of there are a lot of hate followers uh there you know, there's, there's, some, there's some people you soft block and they just keep coming back for more um yeah yeah you know i don't know it's it's it is what it is uh you know the the landscape is weird enough i think that uh you know people are people are open now um to things that they weren't before you know i've i've had this experience uh many times now where like you know uh, a lot of a lot of young women i think previously approached stuff like dating and and previously approached stuff like you know talking to men with a very lackadaisical uh, like sort of unserious mindset. And I'm seeing that change. Um, you know, most, most of these women are in their mid to late twenties and, uh, you know, they, they, they have a seriousness about them now that, uh, I did not notice in women in my own mid to late twenties might've been the, the <laughs> might've been the crop of women. Uh, you know, that's actually, it's probably, probably a substantial explanation for it. Uh, you know, it might've been the women that, uh, that I was talking to in my mental late twenties, but, um, the, you know, the, the subject of marriage is not a taboo thing to bring up. Uh, the subject talking about kids on a first date, not weird anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, that would have been very weird uh, you know, frankly, there were no first dates, <laughs> in, in, you know, in my, in, in my twenties, there was, uh, there was something else. There was, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't really like a sit down at a restaurant sort of the deal. Um, and talking about kids would have just been weird and, and, and off color. Uh, and it's not anymore, which is a good thing. I think that's a very good, that's a, that's a good development. No, it's, that's really heartening. I mean, I, I always give people this, this one, one big tip and people say I'm crazy, but I don't think so. It's essentially the uncle Yarv route. If you are to use online dating and you probably, you probably are because that's kind of the, the system now. Um, just make it explicit what you want. Don't, don't be demanding. Don't say, Oh, I will have this and you will do this. And, you know, I'm this type of person. But just, you know, just present a, a, a version of life that you're striving towards, you know, what, what you're looking forward to in your life and what type of partner you are. And good things will come. I'm, I'm sure of it. Like there are a lot of guys who are interested in, in marriage and having children. And at least you filter out, you know, maybe you filter out a lot of people, you know, maybe 90% of people don't want to marry someone or don't want to yeah. date someone who's into marriage. But do you really want to date those people? Probably not if you're looking for marriage. Yeah, I mean, you you met your your own husband on um, uh, on okay Cupid. yeah, right, yeah, 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 and uh, you know, this is uh, you know my 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 own my own okay Cupid profile. I have a a, a nice burka laid out. Uh, you know, it's just you know, ladies, if you uh, you know if you get involved, you know, we we have got black, we've got black, uh, slightly darker black. Um, yeah, you know, I it's it's I I think there's a there's a, a kind of a crazy task now. Uh, for, uh, for, for millennials, which is, you know, basically to get married and have kids. Uh, it's the most, you know, every, every young parent that I've talked to recently, I, I have become Uncle Bronson. 
you know, yesterday, uh, you know, uh, a guy in my manor bund, uh, you know, as, as, as I call it, you know, he, he shared us the wonderful news and, and sonogram of, you know, his little child, uh, you know, in, in, his, in his wife's womb, just, you know, floating around, you know, being, being small. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all of us are just, you know, uh, we, we talk about guns and, uh, you know, what land we, uh, we, we, we talk about just, I mean, deranged male things uh, constantly. And, uh, you know, this little sonogram of, of these little feet moving around, and it's just, you know, heart emojis everywhere. It's, I mean, we're just, we're, we're going, yeah, it's, it's, it's very embarrassing. Uh, no one, no one should ever, <laughs> no one should ever see the, the, uh, the, the many exclamation points we were, we started to use. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's something that I think a lot of people look forward to without realizing they look forward to it. And it, it comes out when you see, uh, you know, little kids, it comes out when you see, uh, you know, your, your, your friends having children and it's sublimated in a weird way in the West where it's like, Oh, look at these cute pictures of dogs. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, why, you know, why, you know, why are people obsessed with these small furry animals that are, that are dependent on us for food? I mean, I, I love dogs. Dogs are great. Right. But it is kind of a hijacking of, of these, of these instincts that we have uh, to be protectors and providers for, for our own children. Yes, it's a um, low I'm not, I'm not... investment version of the original, which is yeah. what a lot of liberalism offers you. It's like simulations of of the real thing. Yeah, you get you get this eighty percent. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, obviously as children develop, you know, that percentage drops. But you know, for the first first year or so, uh, they're not doing too much talking. Um, yeah, it, you know, you, you get this, you get this ersatz, you get this uh, this crappy substitute. Um, and I, I think people are, are slowly coming upon the realization that, you know, these substitutes are not so good. Um, and there, there's something much richer to have, and it requires a lot more, you know, certainly having a baby and raising this baby into a person, this requires a lot more than having a dog, uh, you know, no shade to the dog owners out there. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it does, you know, no, no, you're, you're not going to jail if you forget to feed your dog. <laughs> you know, you, you, you might, you might have to appear before a judge and pay a fine, but like, uh, you know, the, the, the cops won't be out for you. Um, it, re it requires less and uh, it, it leads, I think ultimately it leads to a less fulfilling life. It's a, it's a very, it's a very muted way to live. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see I'm glad to see people, you know, finally coming around to the opposite. Uh, I just also have, you know, a big old bag of, of black pills that I'm dispensing about, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, Hey, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe all of the incels and, 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 and all of the celibate career girls will just pair off and marry. Maybe that'll happen. I mean, it could, it could happen. Crazier things have happened. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think a, a lot of people, and maybe the, the the super, you know, the the people at the extremes, you know, the tails won't won't ever they're they're doomed. But I think a lot of people in the middle are still kind of finding each other. You know, that's why that's what that's my hope at least. And with a little bit of IVF and a little bit of you know, <laughs> yeah, hail yeah, Mary no, I'm, babies. I'm, you know, yeah. look, I'm 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 not opposed to these things. I you know, it's uh, it's maybe it's maybe not the most trad take in the world, but you know. I mean, you know, if I were a woman and my options were being, you know, single and childless or being single and having a child, uh, I would, I mean, I would just be going full on IVF, uh, you know, find, find, find me the donor sperm. Like I would, you know, uh, I, I don't, 
I, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise against it. I wouldn't advise against it in a million years. But uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I think I think people just have to do what they they have to do. Um, yeah, and and there's uh, just one thing about you know having having kids is that it really is a completely different existence once you've had children. You know, it's you know people say it changes you. It's just you know, it's, it's, it's a different life. And it's not just like, because your, your schedule changes, it's just your relationship towards yourself. You know, it's even, it's almost like a Buddhist thing, you know, you're not yourself. And I know this, this is kind of what happened to me because I've, you know, I've, I've given birth to the child and we're connected in a way where, you know, we're literally the same flesh. Um, that's very transcendent in its, in its own way. But even for my husband, like he has completely changed. He's, you know, is just he loves the baby so much you know i've you just he's never loved anything this that that way in his his whole life and you know even even his relationship with me has changed and um and not in a bad way because you know a lot of people say okay once once a woman is a mother and she you know diverts all of her attention towards the baby and the relationship suffers i mean that's not been the case and for us it's everything's just heightened and amazing and we collaborate on a different level and it's just it's just one of those experiences that is very hard to simulate once you know you you don't know what it's going to be like if you don't do it you know obviously it's it's not easy it's got all sorts of you know things that are harder than you thought you know like for me i had this idea that oh you know i'm just going to give birth naturally in a pool of water and you know i had to have an emergency section and you know thank god for modern medicine cuz you know the baby needed yeah, an airlift yeah. I, you know, I was i was i was a c section baby also yeah so uh, you turned yeah. out pretty fine it's it's all good you know look i i sometimes i slur my words uh <laughs> you know i have a poor sense of direction but uh, you know other, otherwise it's been fine yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, things don't always work out the the way you think they would, but um, I don't know, just from my perspective, it's something that if, if you told like 22 year old me who was like a total, you know, shit lib, um, very precocious shit lib here in the, in the, in the hick, in the, in the backwoods, but still, um, and, you know, I was telling everyone I'm never going to have children and, you know, just didn't see the point to life, you know, total nihilism, um, that, you know, this, this would be my future and I would be enjoying it, not only enjoying it, but also, you know, kind of in a way regretting I didn't do it sooner or I didn't have this perspective. Yeah. It would just wouldn't have, computer wouldn't I wouldn't be able to simulate the situation that I'm in now you know just understand you know how it is how it feels who I am what my relationship to the baby is like it's it's just one of those things that you know I understand why people just did it back in the day in the sense that you know you just would fall pregnant you would be with child by you know by the grace of God and you'd have these experiences and life would go on and you know but if if a lot of this stuff is is optional, it's like, oh, you know, do I want to have children? You know, how will this impact me? And you know, how will my my you know my career be? You know, it's it's um, yeah. In a way, it would be better to not not in a way have the have the option to to just you know opt out. That sounds pretty nutty. Very you yeah, know, headless yeah, tale, know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's what what you say about you know people just just doing this in 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 the old days, you know I I think that's I think that's about right. You know I often I often you know trad post and you know I I you know I I just make allusions to uh, to, to former civilizations, but like you know when I when I say that like you know people haven't changed that much and these these things are coming from our biology, I, I really do mean it. Like you know the the term uh, so the term rock and roll. 
uh, like rock and roll music, uh, most people will understand um, that, uh, that, that rock and roll, you know, it's like, it's kind of a, you know, it's like a wink and a nudge, you know, they're not talking about rocking and rolling on a ship exactly. Uh, you know, there's a, there's, a re there's a reason the preachers are upset about it. Um, you know, the, the thing though, that like that, that analogy of rocking and rolling, uh, it actually comes from uh, a very old uh, set of folk songs. Uh, it comes from an old set of folk songs from like, you know, the 16, 1700s, uh, where, you know, it was used as, a, as, a, as an analogy even then. Uh, it was used as an analogy even then for, for sex, for, for like, you know, rocking and rollicking, really. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not, uh, it's, uh, you know, a roll in the hay, you know, rolling around in, in, in the bed. This is, this is, you know, this is part of, you know, people, people have been people for a very long time. Um, and there's a, there's, there's a particular um, poem that I'm thinking of. Uh, here it is. You're gonna have to edit this pause when you publish this. Maybe, maybe I won't. This maybe. pirate radio. <laughs> you you might not need to. This is we're we're doing we're doing a live googling because I did not <laughs> save my notes on this machine because they exist on another computer where I write my Substacks because I don't trust the internet. And because I don't have a Jamie yet. Until I get to, to and, Jamie, and little. I don't, I don't, I don't have a Jamie. I don't have a Jamie that I can just tell to look things up. Um, yeah, just have to go the the old school way, like they did, you know, like in the olden days. Just Google it ourselves. So, um, so rock and roll, you know, this terminology. Uh, you know, th there's there's an episode where uh, you know James James Madison uh, Carpenter was this uh this folklorist this this chronicler of 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 traditional songs and uh he he ascribes the phrase you know rock and roll to this poem that was first published in 1609 uh you know the, the baffled knight uh you know where this this young man encounters this young woman and uh you know he he basically proposes that they should rock and roll uh you know on a bed somewhere um and this this young woman you know being a maiden she she lures him to a house and then she locks him out and just you know makes fun of him or whatever uh like haha like do you think i was that dumb uh you know this is the 1600s uh this is this is before birth control uh this is before the sexual revolution this is i mean this is quite a long time ago <laughs> you know they didn't they didn't even have TikTok back then um and yet you know you have this you have this you know these men propositioning women uh, you know, asking, asking for sex and these women being like, uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think, I think I know what you're after. It's not cuddling. And, uh, you know, th that, that is with us today. This is, this is kind of how young men interact with young women. But, you know, before, uh, young women would do something like this, uh, you know, in, in the 1600s, it was obviously, you know, the, the, the fun of the poem is that this woman is just, she, she just knows she just knows what this guy's after, and she knows that that she has to she has to protect herself. There's another poem that I'm thinking of though, um, also also from the 1600s. This was in 1648 uh, by by Robert Herrick, and it's a poem entitled hilariously uh, "To the Virgins to Make Much of Time," and it's a poem to young women. And uh, you know the 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 the, er, the opening line I think people will recognize. You know, gather ye rosebuds while ye may, old time is still a flying. Um, and, you know, he, he closes by saying, you know, 
uh, you know, and while ye may go merry for having lost but once your prime, uh, you may forever tarry. Uh, this is, you know, it's the mid 1600s. He's 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 not being super explicit, but he's being kind of explicit. <laughs> he's just he's he's telling these young women, these these obviously these virgin women, these these maidens, look, you know, uh, you're you're young and beautiful now, right? But you you've got to you've got to settle down. You've got to get married. You've got to have kids. And you know, if you spend a lot of time, uh, you know, losing losing your prime, so to speak, uh, <laughs> well, wonder, wonder what he could be talking about there. You know, you, you'll, you'll put yourself in this situation where, uh, where you know, you're just going to be waiting. You're going to be waiting for a long time. And, uh, you know, that's, that is, you know, these, these two poems, um, you know, one, one, you know, making a, kind of a mockery of just the, just the, just, just the horndog nature of young men. And this other poem sort of admonishing women, you know, these are from a, a very different time and place. They're both written in English. You know, they're, they're, they're both written by people whose English we would recognize and, and be able to speak with. Um, but they're from the 1600s. You know, a, a lot of the sexual politics and, and ideas that we have about how men and how women are in the modern condition, uh, you know, they didn't have that. <laughs> they didn't, they, there were no gender studies departments. Uh, you know, there, 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 is no, uh, there is no feminist discursive space like, uh, like TikTok to talk about the patriarchal psyops. You know, these were... These are both very different people and very similar people. And, you know, this, this kind of, uh, hey, young men are horny all the time, watch out ladies, and hey ladies, you gotta get married. You know, these, these messages crop up in a lot of other places too. Uh, it's, it's kind of a universal. And, you know, when, uh, you, know, when, you, when you have these things being repeated um, in, in such different contexts, uh, you know, I think it's worth listening to. I think, you know, I, I saw a post the other day where um, you know some some VC had had asked the question on Twitter. It's like you know what's what's one piece of dating advice you would give twenty uh, year olds or something, twenty somethings. And uh, I wrote, "Sex is for having children," because <laughs> I yeah I was just being a, I was just being a dickhead on Twitter. And um, you know this this uh, this other I, I I don't know what her her role is exactly, uh, but she she looks like an important girl boss. Uh, uh, you know, her, her name on, on Twitter is Pooja something or another. And she writes, uh, you know, who, who believes that? Your, your Indian grandmother? Um, and I think, she, I think she could tell uh, that, I'm, that I'm also Indian. I was just like, look, you know, my, both of my grandmothers, uh, they got married. They had kids. They had many kids. Uh, and their kids had kids. And, you know, their marriages, uh, their marriages lasted until either they or, or my grandfathers died. You know, and so they probably knew a thing or two. <laughs> you know, so the the idea that uh, that these mores and these these ideas about marriage and, and men and women or something or something only grandparents would believe. You know, grandparents know a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, the, you know they they learned stuff from their own grandparents who knew a lot of stuff too. And uh, you know that that stuff is that stuff is a lot more important than whatever uh, than whatever TikTok or whatever has to teach us. Um, yeah, I mean that's you know that's the idea in liberalism that the 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 
arrow of progress marches ever forward and you know it's always year zero and whatever whatever the people before us believed is not only wrong it's also immoral because you know now the truth and science and you know just uh just a uh, rationality is woven into morality as well so um yeah it's 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 really it's really shocking in a way in a way that's you know that's what it means to be conservative to not think that your you know that your grandfather is a moral monster um and it's not it's not that tall of an order but it seems to be nowadays yeah yeah and uh yeah yeah i mean i, I you know all all i all i'd have to add to that is like you know you can you can look at the arc of of the lives of our grandparents generation our great grandparents you know, many, most people just don't have that much access frankly to their to their great grandparents uh, in, in in any way uh, there are no letters uh, they don't know the biographies right um, as a substitute for that, you know, you, you can you can look at the kinds of of societies that existed. You can look at the art. You can look at the architecture. You can look at the public order. Um, you know, and and we've we've improved on a lot of things, right? Like we have, you know, we have the antibiotics. Uh, we we don't die when we step on a rusty nail or something, right? Um, but human relations uh, seem seem to have uh, you know, we've, we've, you know, Mary Harrington puts it as uh, there's a war on relationships. Um, we've, we've kind of destroyed these interpersonal relationships and it's, it's very much related to why our governance is so bad. You know, uh, Charles Murray proposes the bubble test of, uh, you know, are, are your rulers people who are in their own bubble? Can they really sympathize with, with whom they govern? Um, you know, men and women can't really sympathize with each other anymore. And, you know, even before we address the problems of, of government, these, these sort of heady, huge problems of like, well, how are we going to, you know, let's talk about the new regime. <laughs> yeah, after we replace the U.S. government, you know, what are we going to institute? You know, I, I, I really do think we should start a little bit smaller, which is like, uh, how come we can't reproduce our, <laughs> our society anymore? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit closer to home. Maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, but it's like, hey, you know, why are there no more grandkids? Uh, you know, that that is a, you know, it's it's it seems seems like a you know interpersonal fuddy duddy. Wow, Yarvin is just writing about relationships now. Um, but it's it's actually it's really at the core. Uh, it's at the fundament of, of of how a society gets along. It's just how its people get along with each other. Yeah, um, but I th and, I think it's it's almost it's the same problem. It's like that meme, you know, it's the same picture. Um, because, yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's all you know, kind of that that worship of autonomy, which which has fueled the the regime to to the point where it is now, and it's also led to the dissolution of these relationships, and it's like you know, if if we insist on maintaining this perspective that human beings are are nothing but autonomous individuals and that's the only place where you know total agency you know rationality happens and uh choice making consent all of these you know all of these you know um harm principle ideas that flow into all of this um you know that's the only way to to look at you know that's that's essentially what's destroying both the i mean the regime the regime's not necessarily destroying itself you know because it, it does gather power from this this concept but it also, you know, it, it it can't last forever. You know, what can't go on won't go on, and it's, you know, it's, it's. I feel like it's on its way out. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of wokeness. Uh, I I hesitate to use the term because it makes it it makes this sound like it was invented in 2016. Uh, you know, and this is this is a problem that's been plaguing us for much longer. 
you know, a lot of this stuff now has a, a, a deeply American inflection to it. Um, you know, when you see crazy gender politics uh, or you see, you know, crazy sexual politics, there's something distinctly American about it. It doesn't even feel like a global perspective anymore. It, it feels like it's just straight from, straight from, you know, the Harvard Gender Studies Department. And it hasn't taken in the rest of the world. Uh, it's taken to some degree. Um, you know, I'm seeing, you know, there, there are lots of headlines out of Poland or whatever about church attendance that'll, you know, that'll make the, that'll make the heart wither. Um, doesn't seem to have taken other places. And, uh, you know, China does not, does not seem to be going all in on <laughs> the explosion of, the explosion of relationships. You know, just the opposite. Uh, just the opposite. Uh, I have a post up on my Substack, which again, uh, all of your listeners should subscribe to. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, where the Chinese have banned video games uh, for young men. And, uh, you know, one view of this is it's like, oh, look, uh, the ant-like uh, robot people of China, they're just, they, they, want their, they want their factory workers, you know, they want, they want the young men doing nothing but studying and working. Uh, of course, they're going to ban video games. It's not, it's not really about that. Um, you know, that, that ban was part of a suite of changes, uh, including getting uh, <laughs> sissy men off television, uh, you know. Um, you know, they, they actually organize, it's very funny, they, they organize uh, train trips for young people where they're just like, hey, hey, young people of the two genders, the two sexes, just go on a long train trip across China together. <laughs> let's, let's see what happens. You know, it's just, it's a weird, like they looked at, uh, you know, they looked at the Eurail passes and they were like, yeah, this is how, this is how it works. Uh, you know, maybe they're right. You know, trains are romantic, um, especially when they run on time. Uh, like, you know, they, they, you know, they, they're taking a very different approach to their society than what we would have expected. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of like, uh, you know, they're, they're saying, look, we've achieved all of this stuff. Now it's, now it's time to put this money to good use. And what's the good use? The good use is having kids. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 they're slowly making changes to the one child policy. They're saying, okay, we've, we've had all this development. Now let's have, let's have young people develop healthy personalities and get along with each other. Uh, that is a civilization that wants to live. That is a civilization that has a very keen sense of its own future being its own children. And, uh, you know, if, if the West can recapture that, again, not super optimistic, but it's not impossible. Um, you know, I think yeah. happier days are in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I this this all sounds really promising. And I can see this, you know, this is kind of happening in Hungary as well. Um, at the same time, all of this is reaction. Uh, it's reaction mm -hmm. to erosion that's already happening. And like we, we said, you know, the, if, if even the Mormon church is, you know, slowly dissolving under the acid that is, uh, that is, you know, liberal autonomy worship. Um, yeah. You know, most culture in the world is still, is still American. You know, that's why the, the Hollywood uh, studios are making uh, changes for the Chinese market. It's because the Chinese <laughs> market has, yeah. Yeah. you know, you know, infinite, uh, infinite appetite for it. They've got a leapfrog. They've got a leapfrog. You know, it's like, it's good to make mistakes and learn from them. It's better to learn from other people's mistakes. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know how many Mormon listeners you have. Uh, probably the Mormon listeners that you have are not ex-Mormons. Um, but in case, in case you have some, uh, you know, just, just fucking look around, <laughs> like, you know, look, look outside of Salt Lake City, look outside of Provo. Uh, it's not, it's, it's a tough scene. Um, you know, you don't really want to go through 
a decade of exploding tradition being like, oh, actually, our parents were lying to us about God. Maybe we should like have lots of sex with strangers. Like just, you can just skip all of that. You can, you can, you can just go to the next stage, which is like, hmm, uh, you know, marriage is actually pretty good. I should get married, right? Like you can, you can just, you can just do that. Uh, and I, I hope, I hope that's what happens as, you know, America still has a lot of cultural significance. It still has, uh, you know, a lot of eyes are still on American culture. Uh, there's a very funny phenomenon uh, you know, Europeans know about our red plastic solo cups. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how you guys found out about that, uh, but it's true. We, we, we use those at house parties and, and college dorms Dude, and Europeans movies. are, yeah. Okay. So that, so that must be how I, like, I remember I went, I went to a, a grocery store in, in uh, Brussels and like they had a section of like Oreos and ping pong balls and like red plastic cups. And I was just like, what the fuck is it? And I, I asked, I asked the, the counter and he was like, oh, that's for American parties. And I was like, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to turn off the cultural export. We're, we're giving these people poison. I've actually uh, organized American, American parties with beer pong and uh, right. pinatas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for, you know, when we see, when we see this stuff, it's like, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to us, but you know, yeah, people, people really do, uh, you know, for, not for better, for worse, for worse. Uh, they, they do emulate American culture. I hope, I hope the, the, the train wreck, the social train wreck that's coming for a lot of American millennials, I hope one, one silver lining to that very gray cloud uh, will be that, you know, people around the world who have just been consuming American culture nonstop will be like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, you know, pump the brakes. Uh, we actually don't want this. Uh, rather, rather than live through it themselves and and go through all of this turmoil. Yeah, I hope so because you know a, a lot of it is is already here. And you know, like I said at the beginning, I'm, my fear is that people don't learn the the right lessons from this stuff. You know, I you know I I also know a lot of thirty plus year old women who've who've tried to live you know the the Sex in the City lifestyle. Sex in the City is pretty old. And it, it ran here, you know, when, when I was a teenager. So people are quite infused with, with these, uh, these meme plexes already. Uh, so yeah, you know, a, a lot of stuff takes, takes a while to come down the pipe, but, uh, a lot of it's already here. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, before I let you go, I want to see if you have an update on the question of the show. Which is, um, do you have any any new subversive thinkers? I think last time it was uh, Dalrock, which you mentioned this time as uh -huh. well. Yeah. And um, I have to say, I don't, I would not know how to pronounce the names of the, I guess, Hindu nationalists that you listed uh, that I don't think were translated at that point. But if there's anyone new on that list or someone who's, you know, um, piqued your interest in, I mean, in, in the interim, uh, would be good to know. Hmm. Um, no, I mean, so, you know, I'll, 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 I'll recommend them again. Uh, Savarkar, uh, Hedgar, um, you know, uh, th th these guys, you know, th these, these guys are writing from a perspective, uh, of, of foreign dominion. Uh, you know, they, they were, they were Marathi nationalists. They were Hindu nationalists. Um, Savarkar actually, you know, he, he himself was an atheist, uh, but, but he, you know, Hindutva means Hinduness. He's talking about sort of the deep culture, um, actually, of all Indians, yeah, including the ones who aren't really Hindu. Um, and uh, the, the, reason, the reason I'll recommend it again is that, like, you know, a, a lot of the problems that I think uh, the West faces, you know, they're, they're seen as Western problems. They're seen as, you know, particular problems of the Occident or something. Um, 
but they've been encountered by other people before. Uh, you know, the situation that uh, Indian nationalists and, and Hindu nationalists faced, uh, you know, in, in part from, from, you know, Muslim invaders, in part from, you know, just such a terrible 90 years of, uh, of, of, <laughs> of British dominion, uh, which, which they'll complain about endlessly. You know, one of the things that they were getting uh, through that, you know, getting done to them, much more so than any kind of, you know, economic uh, dominion or military dominion, was cultural dominion. Um, you know, there, there's the phenomenon of, of Macaulay's children where, you know, the British really wanted to create this class of, of Indians who didn't just speak English, couldn't just interface with the English in a logistical sense. But actually, their minds would be English minds. Their tastes would be English tastes. Uh, their, their culture would be an Anglicized culture. And, you know, you see echoes of this in Afghanistan where, you know, even before they have something like nationwide, you know, security for the Afghan people, you know, the U.S. has sponsored, you know, these NGOs and these university professorships that are teaching about, you know, gay sex and, and you know, transgender identity and the women's liberation of the gender department of, uh, of Kabul University. You know, they, they were creating this, this, this class of people who would be the cultural purveyors of, of what we call Western norms, I, I think it's something else, uh, to, to the rest of Afghanistan. They were, they were trying this, this cultural victory thing out. And the Afghans didn't, I mean, they just, you know, uh, you know, they, you know American conservatives react to liberal professors being like, oh, gosh, darn it. And like, you know, Afghan conservatives are like, uh, we were going to wage war on the infidelity. <laughs> you know, very, very, very different approaches. Um, you know, they're pretty based. I'm not advocating for terrorism in the U.S., but, you know, they're pretty based. Uh, you know, they, it didn't take, but it's, it's taken in a lot of the world, including the West, right? You know, people, people in, in, you know, Provo, Utah, who are talking like a gender studies professor from the 1980s uh, on, on the East Coast or whatever, they are colonized people. Uh, they, are, they are the mental Macaulay's children of, of the gender studies department. And if you read a lot of Hindu nationalist literature, one of the things that you'll get an appreciation for, you know, as a you know, presumably Western person listening to this podcast who is a political reactionary, you know, one of the things that you'll get is that you, you need to reorient yourself um, in an anti-colonialist way, um, you know, that you might associate with third world peoples, that you might associate with, with fights very alien from yours. Uh, but you actually need to deprogram yourself and you need to deprogram your own people from this life script and this way of living and thinking that has been created for you basically to subjugate you. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that is kind of the central concern of a lot of Hindutva and a lot of Indian and Hindu nationalist literature is like, how do you, how do you take the software out of, uh, of, of the people? Because it's not ours and it doesn't guide us towards our own destiny. Um, and that, that task is something that I think Western peoples have to do for themselves as well. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's in a way, it's a, it's a black pill, but, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a white pill in there as well. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's a big task, but at least the, um, the outline is pretty clear. You know, there is a, a kind of a, a denazification of the self that has to be done. <laughs> and yeah, also, yeah. Oh yeah, collectively you know, and if, as well. If, if if someone sees you in public on a on a train or or a plane or you know 
if someone sees you with a bunch of Indian people's names on books, uh, you know, they're, they're not going to get, uh, they're not going to get the wrong ideas about you. No one, no one knows this stuff. So, you know, it's not, it's not like, you know, just a big old, like Julius Evola. <laughs> and people, people can immediately Google that and be like, uh Oh, you know, it's, uh -oh. so, you know, there's, there's that ancillary benefit. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, you can always, um, or just, buy a just copy of Evola. white fragility. Just, just just, just read Evola. Just read Evola on the train. Uh, you know, if you're on a train and people see you reading Evola, you know, maybe some 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 based cutie trad waifu will be like, "Hey, that guy's that guy can ride the tiger. I should talk to him." Exactly. You know, you actually, or you know, for, forget forget what I was saying. Read the most reactionary things you can in public. Uh, fly fly the free flag. Exactly. Uh, you know, let let everyone know. Or you can find your own step warrior with uh, with a hairy chest. Hopefully. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, we 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 can be found. We can be found in Miami reading uh, reading problematic books. Excellent, excellent. So please, uh, everyone, uh, go to Miami. Find uh, find Indian reading problematic books. He will be the person reading problematic <laughs> books. Yeah, I, I spend I spend I spend my time around Brickle, uh, walking around reading crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I mean you know you know to, to, I guess <laughs> mumbling to, to, some stuff about Jamal. <laughs> <he's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, no, I mean yeah, that, that's that's happened that's happened on a couple of occasions. Usually, usually pretty late <laughs> at night uh, out, out out with out with some friends. There's a there's a crew, there's a crew here. Uh, it's 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 a good one. A lot of a lot of a lot of the right people have come to Miami. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, no, I would I, I would say if you want to if you want to read some really reactionary stuff, uh, read Hindu nationalists. Um, that's 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 my that's my repeat advice for the show. Excellent. And read uh, IndianBronson.substack.com. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Excellent. It's, it's a great yeah. Substack. It is. And yeah, please subscribe to it and follow Indian at uh, Indian Bronson. Is it again? Have you gotten your account back? You know, you know, I haven't gotten my account back. Um, it's a lowercase L. Ah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's very why not? sneaky. It's, it's very sneaky. It's a lowercase L instead of an I, but it looks, it looks a little bit like an I. And so, oh, yeah. uh, you know, the sense, the, the sensors haven't caught me yet, but uh, you know, the, the bell tolls for all. I'm sure at some point, uh, you know, I'll get mass reported, but, uh, you know, for now you can, you can follow me at that. Exactly. And yeah. And follow his, uh, his, um, in-depth misogyny. <laughs> yeah. So. It's, it's, con it's, it's constant woman hate. It's, I mean, yeah, not, not really. Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on, uh, Indian. It's strange to call you Indian. <laughs> it's the two genders you know do i call him indian do i call him bronson uh yeah. i think it's i think it's funnier to go with indian like hey indian what's up <laughs> exactly uh, but, sounds uh, you know, slightly you know, racist which is what we go for here which, on is what, which is what we go for here uh yeah i mean it's it's it's, it's all it's all in good fun <laughs> lovely well thanks again for coming on and uh, yeah i shall see you on the interwebs all right take it easy if you like what you're hearing want to see where I take it, and maybe want early access to episodes, bonus episodes, access to the AMA, or you just want to support the cause of dissident speech or my work in general, head to my Patreon at patreon.com slash aksubversive. Your donations are what keeps the lights on and makes the show possible, so thank you. <laughs>